When you were applying to colleges, was Hillman your first choice? Of course. I was accepted at Georgetown. When I turned him down, my guidance counselor threw a hissy fit. She said she couldn't understand why a girl with so much to offer like myself would, would limit myself at a school like Hillman. That's what she told me. It sounds familiar. She didn't understand. My great-granddaddy was all but accepted at this certain Ivy League school until he showed up for the interview. He went to Hillman, and he went on to become the first black circuit judge of Madison County, Virginia. He always told me, I was seven years old. Baby, you can go to school any place, but no school would love you and teach you to love yourself and know yourself like Hillman. This podcast has been brought to you by a four-eyed production. And now, let's start the show. experienced in my whole entire life of Mondays. It's been the longest. Dead it's, the, it's been the longest week ever. And it's just Monday. <laughs> I'm not going to make it homecoming. I am going to make it homecoming. What did you say? Mike don't make, make it. it. I was looking at a clip. It's so fun. It's this funny clip on um, at a black breakfast club. And the one of the faces that Gucci Mane made in this interview is like a highly used meme, but it was of Whenever he called Angela Yap for trying to holler at him. And he was like, yes, you did. And he was like, you went texting me, asking me what hotel I was at. And she was like, I did not. And he looked at her like, oh. I remember. <laughs> I remember. And I still, to this day, don't know who to believe. I don't know who to believe. But as as shocked as he looked at her, like, you going to sit up here and lie? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. But you know what? She might have, but, like, not under that context. And I'm not trying to give her a pass if that's what she was doing <laughs> But I'm I'm serious, like, when you work in the industry, like, sometimes if there's an interview about to go down, or if y'all interviewed at one point, and then it's like, okay, y'all can get into the party later, or meet us here, or whatever, it could have been something it, like that. It but could have been, and then he, he was I'm just, blasted, or trying to, you know, he could have been trying to make it seem like it was it more was than something what it was, that it was, yeah. but it's always two sides of the story and the truth, and the truth is somewhere in the middle, <laughs> because... <laughs> She was a little, she was a lot, she was very passive. More okay, passive okay. than I would have been like, now, Negro, you know you telling a damn lie. Right. She was just like, I did not, I would never. And he was just but looking But why like, did he even feel compelled to call her out in the beginning? Like, that's, that was pretty grimy. But I think the like conversation if she started before. It, if conver- she started it, then fine, but. The conversation led to it. He, I can't remember what they were talking about, but he said something about something about I was gonna come up here and you know say something to you, or she said what are you gonna do to me? And he was like it's not about what I'm gonna do to you, this is what I was gonna say to you, or something like that. And so she she made some little slick remark. Okay. And so then that's when he said you was trying to you know oh you want to talk about people's mothers? 
Yes, that's exactly how it happened. But it was so funny, and I was just like, oh, God, this is why... This is why you got to be careful who you even talk to because people hold on to stuff and will really try to do. throw it up in your face. Little, uh-huh. little, you know, or or it may be somebody else that you really is interested in or, you and they're interested in you back and then they're throwing shit like, well, she tried to talk to, she tried to holler at me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that. So that's why you, you, you got to be careful, mm-hmm. okay? Like Money Mike say, your eyes ain't supposed to just be hazel, they're supposed to do some work. Got to be careful. You got to keep your eyes open. Because <laughs> you don't know what may happen. Hey, I got a song for you since you love music so much. You want to hear it? When he, he go. He yeah. go. <clears throat> H-O-M-E-C-O. M-I-N-G. It's homecoming, y'all. I said it's homecoming, y'all. That's my favorite song. H-O-M-E-C-O. M-I-N-G. It's homecoming, y'all. It's homecoming, y'all. It's homecoming. No, you're not getting... Pop it. Twerk it. Pop it. Twist it. Work it. Hey. That's why all my rams out there, because I know we got a lot of listeners that graduated from my college. I'm tired already. That State University. Yes, listen. Homecoming kicked off yesterday with the, you know, lighting ceremony. was dope. Beautiful. The yard was packed full of people. And there are events every day. And I can't wait to get my little black behind down there. Yes, girl. It's going to be on and popping. This is my 10-year reunion. What? You old. I am, honey, no. This is Benjamin Button. Okay? Okay. backwards. I feel you. She's 21. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see everybody and, you know, just have a good time and reunite and, you know, hit up the old stomping grounds. Yep, me too. Um... Oh, yeah, let's not be rude. We black like we never left. Hey, y'all. I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. And this is episode 38 of the Culture Shock Podcast. Welcome back. So, next week, we'll tell y'all all the things that we, well, not everything that we did. We'll tell you some of the stuff that we did at homecoming next week. You can't know everything. Well, see, I'm innocent, and so. Goodbye. Goodbye, Courtney. I the things that I do. Courtney be lying. Courtney be Lying. No, Courtney no. be telling Listen, lies. This year, I don't want no smoke with nobody. Okay. I'm just showing up. You're not going to show out? No, I ain't going to show up. We're going to see. I'm not going to show out. I didn't show out last year. I just went, I went on Saturday morning and left Saturday night. <laughs> she was in Aruba <laughs> last year, so I couldn't like, show out. Okay, so we're going to see. I'm just, I just plan to be. Hydrated and fly. That's it. Alright, ain't nothing wrong with that. So how was your weekend past? What'd you get into? This past weekend, what did I do? Um uh, oh <laughs> so if you guys are in North Carolina, you know we had a storm Listen, again. I was just thinking that. Um we had another storm, but one thing I can say is Hurricane Michael like succeeded in changing the weather because it's definitely fall outside. Brisk. Now. Sucked up all the warm air. I'm okay with that. Um, so Friday, um, I actually went back to my hometown because it was two of my cousins' 20-year reunion um, at high school. And so um, I went back for that, um, went to the football game, and it was so, it was just so funny to, like, go back to to my school and, like, you know, walk around. Just like, oh, my God. Like, I remember when this place used to seem so much bigger than what it really is. So right. I did that on Friday. Saturday, um, I did pretty much just home stuff, did some errands. 
Um, nothing major. What did I do Sunday? Sunday, I attempted to work out. But after I got there for like 30, 40 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I was just totally not motivated. Took my butt home and watched some documentaries on Amazon Prime since it got me and I thought I canceled it. And she still took now my Now you in there for another dollars. year, so. I'm like, okay, well, since she done took my money, let me get up and use this good Amazon Prime video. Right. So I watched a good documentary on, it's called After Tiller. And it's about the only four physicians in America that perform late-term abortions. Okay. Um, and actually one was murdered at church by some protesters. Right. And it shows the other, I think it's three after him, that kind of continued on. And then, you know, they had, um, uh, like, people coming in to get the abortions, talking about these these reasons why and these conditions of these fetuses or babies, um, you know, and, and why they were making these choices. And it was, it was pretty intense and sad. Yeah. Um, and one thing that really struck me was one of the physicians made a comment. She was just like, people, people assume that women just want to have abortion. She was like, nobody wants to do this. Right. Nobody wants to do this. Nobody wakes up one day and says, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, she was like, but circumstances arise and it is that woman and her family's choice as to what they choose to do. Right. And, you know, they're here to do it um, safely because people start doing they're crazy stuff. They're going to do what they, <laughs> if, if you could not get an abortion, I promise you, people would still do it. Yes. Um, it would just put their lives in danger as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We know that history has taught us that. So, so it was just, it was good to see. Um, yeah, really good to see. I watched another documentary about this man in Cleveland that stuff I should not be watching. This man like killed like twelve women. They were just in his house, like bodies. I was just like, uh ma'am. <laughs> yeah, why am I watching this? But I love stuff like that because it should make you hyper aware. It makes you hyper aware. Yeah, I was just thinking that same thing. But yeah. it, it causes me to have not even like nightmares like, oh, I need somebody to leave the lights on or anything like that, but I fight in my sleep. <laughs> And I usually wake up with, like, scratches and scars after I watch something like that. So, mm -hmm. I try to either steer clear or watch it early enough in the day to kind of quell it with a cartoon. Yeah. And it was, the the documentary took place in Cleveland and all the victims were young, I want to say young to middle-aged black women who were addicts and or prostitutes. Right. I feel like I've seen a story similar to that before then. Yeah, and just the sheer lack of them being taken seriously, because, I mean, of course they had survivors and people who got away from this man. Right. They would go and report this stuff. This one woman went on the day that it happened. They showed her the, the pictures that she took at the police department. You could see where something mm -hmm. was tied around her neck. She was beaten and bruised. She, they did a rape kit. And they told her that they, she didn't have enough evidence. It was her word against his. I'm just like, so she raped herself, tied herself up, beat herself up. Oh, okay. He got away with it again after that yeah, then. Th yeah, he continued. And that's on them. Yeah, he continued. I think he killed six more women after that's that. That's kind of like Jeffrey Dahmer, how that um one young boy had run out and the police actually, or... I don't know, maybe the neighbors called. I can't remember because I feel like there are two separate stories dealing with Jeffrey Dahmer, but 
one situation where the police actually came and the young boy was there or whatever. And and, and, and Jeffrey Dahmer was like, oh, you know, he's just... Whatever story he told them, they were like, okay. Yeah. And he continued to kill and eat people. <laughs> right? It's not funny, but that's like movie type stuff. So They get it from somewhere, though. Cinematography pulls these stories from somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. So it was... Both documentaries were eye-opening in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so women just be, be safe and protect yourselves at all times. Please and do. if you notice something strange, tell somebody. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people notice strange stuff going on and they didn't say anything. Right. So tell somebody. Fact. But that's it. What'd you do? Uh, yeah, so want to talk a little bit about Hurricane Michael. Screw you. Golly. So I I thought it was kind of crazy that we were so prepared for Florence and then Florence didn't really do anything and we didn't think that Michael was really going to affect us and then we were without power for days, mm-hmm. which was tough and, you know, can be a little scary. Like if you live in, you know, neighborhoods where, I don't know, where like it's not well lit or there are a bunch of trees anyway. Um, I know one of my neighbors was running out of oxygen and we had like, oh, no. yeah, so we had like, um, neighbors walking up and down the street trying to figure out like what our house number was so the ambulance could come. So I felt I felt really bad for her. But just that, um, Hurricane Michael did usher in autumn, like officially usher it in. I did go to the Whitewater Center because they're about to close. You know, they close um, at the end of October. So we have a Whitewater Center here in Charlotte that I've actually never been to, but I love to Whitewater raft. I love rock climbing. And zip lining, and so I was able to go there and participate in all those things. Yes, the water was kind of cold. That was Friday, but I had a good time. Um, we ate well um, and just had like fun, fun, fun. And then I had me a good old date night this weekend. Yay. So some much needed adoration out and about in the city. And then I spent the rest of the weekend working my parts off and I'm still feeling it I know I look crazy so y'all just keep me in your prayers cause your girl that's why I like tonight listen do not disturb will be activated okay it's, it's on every night I disturb myself it, mine is on but I'm turning it off and I'm going to read myself to sleep look, look at God look mm-hmm. at God sending me big cartel orders look at God look at God while we sitting here what are you doing <laughs> But, um, yeah, I plan on reading myself to sleep. Got my library card activated. Good deal. Um, right now I'm reading Into the Water by Paula. I think her name is Paula Hawkins. If you've seen the movie um, A Girl on the Train, she's the author of that book. Mm-hmm. That was such a good book and movie, so I'm reading her Did you read book. the series? No, that I That whole haven't. series? Okay. But um, I will, though. That was a good, that was a good book. And it, the girl that, was, that played the main character, I loved her. That's the girl from... Um, the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. That was her initial assistant with the red hair. But right. anyway, that was a good um, book, book and movie. So I'm reading another one of her books. And then next up is Todd Nahisi Coates, Between the World and Me. Because yes. I keep saying that I'm going to read that book. I never get it. I go in Target and I walk past the book section. I see it every time. So I got it from the library. So I'm going to read that book. Um, but yeah, so I'm just looking forward to reading myself to sleep tonight no tv no cell phone just having a couple of hours to myself of silence to rest and to get out of some of the i mean we're living in crazy times and it can be 
sometimes I feel like I'm overly sensitized. Yeah. You know, sometimes I just wish I could just exist somewhere else. Like, think about things that don't have any bearing on my life. Right. And reading, fictional it, reading, is a correct. good way to do that. So. It really takes you to a different place or a different time. Wherever yeah. you want to go, you can go as long as you open it in a book. In a book. Oh my God! <laughs> Moving right along. So you know, every week we give you guys good, bad, and indifferent. We give you the news. We tell you how we feel about it. You do not have to agree. Uh, so people don't ever agree with me, but I don't care. Sometimes they agree with you, or those who do agree don't necessarily speak up, and that's okay. They can keep it to themselves. No, I need y'all to have my back. No, you don't. No, that's not what having an opinion is all about. You can have an opinion and have nobody support you. It's your opinion to be had. I just I want you to stand in that confidence. I just want us, as, like with you and I, we can agree to disagree, but I think we, at the end of the day, we want the same thing. Right. So it's okay to have differing opinions and different ideas about how to get to a solution, but as long as it's a positive solution, I don't care if my way is right, your way is right, as long as we get there. Well, my grandma says more than one way to skin a cat. Skin a cat. That is exactly right. Grandma be knowing. Grandma, grandma be knowing. Grandma be knowing, honey. Well, let's start with something good then. Um, okay. So, we both love music a lot. Yes, a lot. So hype today when I saw that Solange will be dropping new music this autumn. I don't care what the album is called. I don't care what she looks like on the front of the cover. Like, the fact that she is giving us another body of work is all that matters to me. And when I tell you, Sis was looking refreshed. What? Like, she had eight naps. Sis was looking refreshed. Thank you, Tina Knowles and Matthew, for giving us these girls. Here's the thing about... As soon as I read it, um, I was texting back and forth with my little sister, and I said, you know what they're doing, right? They're playing ping pong. Yes. And I love it. Yes. This is exactly how you do it. This is how you should do it. It shouldn't be competitive. It should be a strategy. Mm-hmm. And they have a strategy. Do you hear me? Because think about when a seat at the table came out. Beyonce wasn't doing nothing. She Mm-mm. was pregnant. That's right. She was chilling. She was in hiding. You know, she hibernates. Yep. And here it is. What is it? A week, two weeks at the most that uh, on the run two has been over. Over. And now Solange and Kelly. And oh, I was going there. We were going there. Got to talk about Calandria. So we don't know when Kelly's album is coming. We don't know when Solange's is, is coming out either. But all of the articles that I've read said autumn. Kelly hasn't given us anything except for snippets, and the snippets have been fire. She teasing us. They have been fire. And let me tell you something else. She is looking good. Yes, yeah, she is. With a capital T she on is. the end. She's looking like a Ooh, little wee. princess Barbie doll. You know I don't me? know who did her hair or what kind of weave that is, and I did not care. But whatever <laughs> she had on her head at um the City, City of, of Hope. Hope. Yeah, it was the bomb. Oh, my God. I'm it like, it literally looks like that's growing out of her head. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And Beyonce put up. That track, it just said roses. Mm-hmm. And then Kelly is, you can hear in the car, the song she's playing and the lyrics go something like, throw roses at my feet. And you can clearly hear Beyonce's voice and she's yeah. singing along with it. I'm like, if y'all do not stop playing with me. Right. <laughs> Don't stop playing with me. But one thing, this is the only thing I ask of Kelly. Even if you have to do like, some Fillmore's in the Fox Theater. Give us a tour because I feel like Kelly has really, really good albums. Like, I'm not kidding. 
Y'all, I'm not yes. exaggerating. Talk a good game is still. I have you know the six CD changer. It is still mm-hmm. in there. I still listen to the album that was a really good album. But to this day, I still have not been to a Kelly show. Right. And Kelly can put I on. I wonder a show. why that is though. I don't know. I'm gonna tell you right now. If she ends up at the Fillmore, I'm gonna be in line two hours oh, early, with with some sneakers on because I know I'm gonna have to stand. Uh, but I need to be right there in the front row. Sis, I'm gonna have to get a meet and greet. Oh. It, that's an understatement. I'm going to get a meet and greet because I got to see Kelly. I got to see Kelly. Oh, my God, I'm getting excited. It ain't even happy yet. I got to see Kelly. <laughs> you don't even know if she's going on tour. No, but I got to see her. But um, hopefully she will. Someone else that I'm thinking about going to see again in tour um, or on tour um, is Danny D. Kane. So they're back together yeah. again, um, but it's just the three of them. It's just Aubrey, Dawn, and Shannon. Right. And the reason why I particularly want to go is because since Aubrey and Shannon, you know, formed their own separate group. I think it's called, like, their band is called Dumb Blonde or something like that. They're going to do, like, three different sets. So, they're going to do Danny D. Kane stuff. Shannon and Aubrey are going to do their stuff, which I could care less about. But then Dawn is going to do her own personal stuff. And Dawn is such an underrated artist. I don't she think people blow. realize how talented Dawn Richard is. Right. Just from... Her writing skills, um, the way she uses her um, voice as an instrument, the way she can layer melodies. Um, she has a really, really dope project called Golden Heart that is just good from beginning to end. She can dance her ass off. So I'm really thinking about going to see them again. Um, they're actually on tour now just solely so I can see Dawn do some of her stuff. Like even the um, Dirty Money album. That album was a classic. I still listen to that. that was a good album because Dawn is just Dawn is just an ish and I feel like people have not given her her due. She was just on NPR Tiny Desk um, with two um, artists from New Orleans like local artists um, and they did like a set and it was just so good like so I'm interested to see um, Dawn again. Dawn again like doing her own thing. So, so that's crazy that you said that because if they do that then it'll be something similar to the way that New Edition kind of broke down into mm-hmm. different groups and when they go on tour they do you know some sets as New Edition they do some sets as Robbie uh, Robbie dang it Robert you know what I'm trying to say Bobby, oh. Ronnie, Ricky and Mike they do Bill Bill DeVoe songs so that would be um that would be pretty nice. Well you know um DeVoe is about to be on the Real Housewives of Atlanta next month. His wife is on there. And, you know, she's the girl from Black. The group Black used to be popping. They had a good album, too. They did have a good album. Um, but they're I married. Want, I don't want that to happen. And they just had twins. I, yeah, they did. Yeah, so we're going to see. still in love. They just had an anniversary. Um, but speaking of music, did you watch the AMAs? No, I watch, you know me, I always go back and watch the clips. I do have a favorite. Yes, it is Cardi B, whoever put that together. Whoever put the video, I'm so glad, like, sometimes I'm glad I get to watch these images from television as opposed, not to say that I wouldn't want to be in the audience, but I know the audience didn't get to see what we saw when we saw it it on television. The colors were amazing, the wheel was amazing, like, the movement was fantastic. She looked on point, and she was beautiful every day after that, like, whoever is styling her, I hope they're getting paid out of the wazoo. So the person who put that together, the creative director for that performance was Tanisha Scott. Okay. And if you are obsessed with dance, 
as I was at one point with dance and music. You remember Tanisha Scott. She's been around for a long, long time. She did a lot for um, Sean Paul back when he first came on the scene with mm -hmm. all those videos. She was the girl. If you remember the video, yeah, um, with Usher and Lil Jon, yeah. that one brown skin chick that was killing in the front, that's Tanisha Scott. Yeah. Yeah, so she, <laughs> she was um, the creative director. Um, I feel like the performance was... It, it was true to Cardi. It was loud. It was colorful. Um, it was well put together. That Dolce & Gabbana gown that she wore on the red carpet ooh, with ooh. that matching headpiece was the best, best I, thing just, of the night. It's best thing of the night. She, she There stole are the no show. words. She stole the show with that one. Um, Can I say one more thing about Cardi? No. I have to. No. Did you see where Fran Drescher was on like a show oh, yeah. and she was like, if... if somebody was to play her she would want it to be cardi that would be a good reboot i swear i have always thought that and as they have been like dressing her i'm like man she looks like fran so if you guys don't know who i'm talking about the nanny name fran like the nanny yeah, is one Drescher. of my favorite shows from back in the day she would kill that okay um, that's all i wanted to say yeah that was um that was good and also cardi won three awards um at the amas um she won best rapping hip-hop artist mm -hmm. She won um, Best Soul and R&B Song for Finesse. And she also won Best Rapping um, or Hip Hop Song for Bodak Yellow. Right. She was nominated for a few others, too. But um, she actually won three. I also wanted to talk about My Big Sis in My Head, which is Tracy Ellis Ross. So Killed it. They just need to make her be the um, host, like... Kind of like how they do with the New Year's Eve party. Because the, she doesn't... Right. Because yeah, she, she doesn't ruin it. No. And she actually had ten costume changes she danced and one thing i liked about um what she did with her wardrobe is that each look had a piece or you know some type of garment that was by a black designer right. and she did that intentionally she had like the dapper dan um cape on in um one spot um she had on a shirt that said i am a voter so she was still being political in her mm -hmm. fashion choices and she's just beautiful, and she can wear anything. And I just love Tracy. They just need to make her the resident AMA host because she can have fun. She doesn't take herself too serious, right. and she's very lighthearted. And she's, I mean, easy to look at. I mean, Tracy Ellis Ross. Like they just need to keep her as the host, like until further notice. Fact. So that was good. Um, one thing we got to talk about though, as far as the AMAs, is Sierra Wilson. <laughs> Because <laughs> Sierra, when I tell you, all I can say in my head was, go CC, go CC, go. That's all I can say. Because she took me back to one, two step. Miss yeah. Elliot came out. Sierra had hair everywhere. She was singing live. I still want Missy to have all of her things. Just it was so give good. Missy all of her things. And Missy Elliott's funky white sister was mm -hmm. in the audience. Listen, Missy, Missy been having her girl everywhere. That's how you do it. Let me tell you something about Missy right quick. She interacts with her fans on social media. She does. And I love that about her because I'm like, you have a star power that most people who have it disconnect. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so, right? Because you can't let everybody have like a huge piece of you the way that she does. But she just, she jumps in. She remains engaged. She likes like different statuses or comments or says thank you and the funky white sister that she had, you know, brought with her, that was really dope. I don't think that, you know, of course, 
Timbaland is like one of the I feel like one of the greatest producers of, yeah, all, of time. all time. But people always leave Missy out of that yep. equation, and I don't feel like that's fair because Missy can. I mean, at one time, the only reason that you looked at music videos was for Busta Rhymes and Missy Elliott and Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson. Yeah, and Michael Jackson. It was still during that time, or yeah, yeah. But Missy Elliott, really, I feel you though. Not yes, yeah. That is so when, true. Remember when MTV used to be like world premiere, yes. and it would be like, oh, Missy got a new video. Like we gotta see this right. because you knew that it was going to be crazy. Ever since I can't stand the rain, like when she was in the big trash bag, like what? I remember <laughs> looking at that. I was at my aunt's house. I never forget. I was looking at that on either BET or MTV One, and I was just like, what is? Who is this girl? Like what? What is she doing? Like, why does she have on this trash bag? I don't know why, but I like it. Right. <laughs> so, um, I don't think that Missy gets her due. She can write. She can sing. She can dance. She can produce. She can act. She right. can do it all. So, I really enjoyed that. And I also really enjoyed Mariah Carey's performance. Uh, however, she was lip singing for her life. She looked good. And uh, I really yeah, liked the song. Care. No, we don't care. Mariah Carey is another one who can write her ass off, okay? She can do whatever she... Mariah she, Carey can do whatever listen, she wants to. And I think that, you know, and it's okay. Everybody likes what they like, but I am a fan of well-written music. Right. And of artists who um, write their stories. And you know that, okay, this came from Mariah Carey. <laughs> like, she is singing this from her being. Like, this came from her brain right um and she just does that well and i'm really hoping that this this song that she sang it was called with you she looked very pretty she was very divified it really gave me that emancipation of mimi feel girl and if she I does was... anything like emancipation of mimi we got mariah back come on come on hey let me tell you come on, when you said like people who write their songs and you could tell that it it's theirs like it, the first song that popped into my head was mine again you could be my yes. I'm like, listen, you write circles. like your heart circles. It hurts circles. my feelings. I can be in the best mood. Ever since you left me, come on, Mariah. Listen, break down. She writes break like down. her heart has been broken before. Uh huh. Steady breaking me on down. I'm about to get high. Yeah. That's why I whenever I that's why I stopped watching American Idol because I was just so offended that Nicki Minaj was trying to try Mariah Carey on who could sing and what's good and what's not. Yeah, Girl, that's, that's weird. You are talking to the Mariah Carey. Right. Y'all can talk about her voice and say it's not the same, but she is a living legend. And I don't care what nobody say. She's a living legend. That's same. Mariah freaking Carey. Same. But anyway, AMAs were good. Rihanna won for best so R and B female. Mm -hmm. Khalid won for best soul R&B male. Um, Black Panther won best soundtrack. Of course it did. Yes, yes, yes. Migos won best group, rap group. Um, and then Young Thug won best video for Havana with that little chick, which I don't remember her name, but I've heard that song on the radio a few times and it is catchy. Never watched the video, but they won as well. So right. just wanted to say congrats to all the winners. Um, yeah, it was AMAs were good. AMAs was way better than the VMAs. It's probably going to be way better than the BET Awards if Beyonce <laughs> don't perform. say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, LMA performed and Khalid performed. Those are the only ones that I really remember. Um, is Havana the song by Camilla yes. Cabello? Havana, na na na. Yeah, I've heard it's, it. Before. Isn't she the one that has said some sketchy slash racist sort of? I don't know. I don't, okay. I don't keep up with Fifth Harmony and their shenanigans. Gotcha. I'm, I could be wrong, so I don't want to say that about somebody if it wasn't true, but I thought. That that name was um, 
that I was correlating that, those that two is things true. Together. I don't know exactly what she said, but she did say some things. But let me tell you, I ain't seen it for no girl group since Destiny's Child. And then when Danny DeCane had their run, other than that, y'all can go. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, those, the time of girl groups for me, it's over. Because, I mean, what are y'all? I'm, a, I'm in my I'm with you. late 20s. I'm with you. <clears throat> So, I, I just can't relate to, Goodbye, you know. Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I t- what did I say at the beginning of the show? Courtney be lying. You, oh, um, you mentioned the Black Panther soundtrack. Did you read uh, where Ryan Coogler has definitely been given the green light to do Black Panther 2? Yes. I'm really stoked about that. I, I cannot want, wait to support. I want Eric to be alive. He may. You just never know. I want Eric to be alive. When you wish upon a star. Eric Killmonger, we need we need him back because he 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 was a good antagonist. He he played that role well. I don't think I've ever liked Michael B. Jordan anything other than that. I was gonna say you just he had his shirt off in this. You just want to no. see him with his shirt off again. No, listen, and my best friend Ami can vouch for this. The reason why I loved him in that movie was because of his hair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was nice. It was just something about him and that hair, and when he had a shirt off. <laughs> right, okay. That just really did something to to the feminine side of me. Okay. Chadwick was fine too. Now people gonna give him his due. Chadwick has a more subtle mystery, cool man in the corner, suave sexiness. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but like Chadwick gave me Southern fine mm-hmm. and then your boy gave me Northern fine. That, that makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense when so, you think about the two of them. What about Mbaku? What kind of, what did he give? <laughs> African five. Yes! <laughs> yes! Motherland five. Yeah. Okay, I just yes. want to know what, what Mbaku was giving. Because Mbaku was giving. Hop on a plane. Okay. And fly across the sea. Fine. Leader of the pack. Uh, chief of of the tribe. All of those things. is what he was giving. Okay, okay. Just checking, just checking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned um, Usher earlier. He was also at the gala, which I'm sure we're going to get back to in a second. But he had a birthday this weekend. He turned 40 on the 14th. And he released a new album. I think the album is called A. First of all, he had a birthday that turned 40 and released the album that sounded like he's 20. Okay. I need you to, okay. I need you to Thank, get okay. it together. The so, album is called A and it's yes. eight tracks and it was a surprise album. It's a trap R&B album produced by Zaytoven. I'm, I like a lot of Zaytoven tracks, but the whole album is just Zaytoven. And I... See, I thought that nobody was going to agree with me. I don't like it. No, I don't like it. And let me tell you something. Now, he was looking like he was in his 20s, too. No, he's fine At the party the other day when he was taking pictures with everybody, I was like, what water are y'all drinking? Hoping he's on that Valtrex. If those allegations are true, that, you if they're could true, have left that because alone. I don't have time. That's so wrong. He I'm just had a birthday. Like, happy birthday, on. Usher! But you better be doing what you need to do because I'm all sure of this he, stuff around is ridiculous. I'm minding my business. It's all over the dang old business. internet. Anyway, Usher, I he said that this album was an ode to Atlanta, bruh. Yeah, that whole that song was an ode to Atlanta. Like we didn't need any more. Okay. <laughs> We well, didn't one, need anymore. One, one or two would have been fine. I would have tolerated it, but I listened to it this morning, and I was like, the whole album? This is a perfect example of what's wrong with R&B. There's no R&B. Like, okay, people want to say what's R&B. We're talking about rhythm and blues. Right. We're talking about ribs and biscuits. We're not talking about trap R&B. Like, Mario 
had an album that just came out that is really really good. Oh my album. god! Lloyd just had an EP that, that came yep. out that's R and B. Marsha Ambrosius just had an album came out called Nyla R and B. To me, it just had an album R and B. Maxwell has a new song out. Probably gonna have an album that sounds like R and B. This is not R and B. And the one song I did like one song on there is called You Decide. That yeah, was cool. That's the only one I said only I could tolerate. One. And Usher really tried it. He got a song on there called Say What You Want. I, this Negro had the nerve to say, Get out of my you head. prayed to God about leaving me. Nigga, did you pray to God when you was doing the shit that you was doing right. that is making me even contemplate leaving you? How dare you? Get out of my head. Negroes always want to go to God when they done effed up. No, you should have been you should have been thinking about this when you were risking it all. Right. Have you prayed to God about leaving me? It's just typical bullshit. I was just like Usher. I'm hoping that this is just like a throwaway, right? And then we can get back down to business because I need another. He makes good. He makes good mu- music. I've been an Usher fan since he used to come to Carowinds. And was a little chubby kid. Not I mean, he wasn't fat or whatever, but you know, yes, that usher. And see, because let me tell you something. In his we, little yellow outfits. With the, the jumps, yes. yes. My thing is this. See, Usher, and he had a little texturizer. So anyway, give me some. Yeah, he had a texturizer, girl. I thought he was the ish. He you was. Hear me? And remember that video was in black and white? He was I, so cute. So adorable. But my thing is, see, see, we're Usher fans. Usher, you're, are you listening? See, this is your age range. These little kids, like my niece and stuff, they don't know nothing about you. You making songs for people who don't know nothing about right. Usher. I'm not saying they don't know nothing about me. I'm talking about the real, raw essence of Usher. They don't... Grow with your fans. Yeah, we don't want to hear that. Right. Like, we want to hear, like, R&B if you're an R&B artist. Well, here's the other thing, though. A lot of artists are trying to keep up with what they believe is popular. This goes back to a couple years ago, and I, I repeated this. This is not my idea, but when I read it in an article, I understood it immediately. And people were like, oh, you crazy. But remember when Trap Queen came out? Mm-hmm. I read an article that basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but they were saying Trap Queen is like the new love song. Mm-hmm. I mean, the new love, like what love songs are now. And they weren't trying to be disrespectful. What they were saying was, your R&B songs are now... Hold this, bitch that, like all this stuff. And so in Trap Queen, if you go listen to the lyrics of Trap Queen, like, no. If somebody says the the title, Trap Queen, you're like, oh, don't nobody want to be described as a Trap Queen. But in the song, he was saying, this is my baby. If I get a car, she gets a mm-hmm. car. We go everywhere together. This is my home slice. I don't trust anybody more than I trust her. And that I understood. And I understood those is, words. It is true because I'm going to tell you, and this is getting personal, but do you know his song, um, um, Baby, You Should Be Mine Again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ex sent me that when we, when we was broke up and it was like, every time I hear this, I think of you. So people really... People think those are love songs. Right, but they're closer to being love songs than some of the songs that we're expecting to be love songs. Like, when I turn on an Usher album, I expect it to be... If you tell me that Usher is coming out with an R&B album, then I expect there to be some songs that make me feel loved or appreciated. Yeah. And it Not didn't. That. And you know who else Who else had, had started to venture off into that? Um, Tank started to do that. Now his to me his last real R&B album was stronger. That yeah. was that was a that was a solid R&B album. And then his next album Savage was all of this, you know, his 
the 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 flow of the song was like a, a rap cadence or like a trap cadence and it was a feature every other song I don't want to hear that right. from you. Like, I want to hear sex, love, and pain. Right. I want to hear maybe I deserve. I want to hear that. That When I think about Tank, that's the stuff I think about. I don't want, or even with Usher, I want to hear throwback and um, the songs we were talking about. Songs from 8701, like, right. um, I, You Got It Bad, and um, the songs from My Way. Like, I want to hear... <laughs> R&B, I want to hear R&B. Come no. on, Usher. Like, you losing, you, you're losing your core group with this bullcrap. Like, right. we don't want to hear that. But that's all I got to say because I'm tired of these, these R&B artists trying to... Basically, he's trying to get on the radio. That's it. He's trying to get on the radio. And it was a... It, if I had to... If I had to give my honest opinion, it was a flop. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to see what the numbers do, but I did not like it, so... We're going to see what these first uh, first week numbers do. All right. Um, do we even want to talk about the City of Hope Gala? Um, I think it's important to kind of talk about what they are and that type of thing. Since everybody always says that Beyonce doesn't do anything for anybody, I think we should talk about it. Sure. Okay. City of Hope Gala, uh, this year they were honoring John Platt. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an exec, a uh, former DJ, he's worked with any and everybody, I won't go naming the list, um, he's the CEO of, uh, what is it, um, Warner Chapel, I'm not sure, I think, I'm not sure, or whatever, but anyway, um, I did catch a couple of the clips, of course, she was blowing, she, she, Thank you, Beyonce, for getting back in your vocal bag because that that's the Beyonce I want. Beyonce yeah. looked like she stepped out of a 1920s, 30s jazz club. She was very Harlem night. Like there was an I extra glimmer it. on whatever videos were filmed there I that night. It. I think that dress was just so, it was just so. Elegant. Yeah, it was just, the shimmer was upon her. Mm-hmm. I just really, I, once again, that's the Beyonce I want to see more of. Body banging. I want to see more of that Beyonce. Um, but they did um, um, raise $6 million. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't know, City of Hope is a private nonprofit clinical research center, hospital, and grad school in California. Um, so they raised $6 million for, you know, cancer research or, you know, graduate research or what have you. So um, I think that was a good thing. Another, another tidbit that I found funny is that other guests included Tiffany Haddish. And have you noticed that Tiffany is always wherever Beyonce yes. is? <laughs> so I'm like, what's going on? They might be friends for real. I for think real. they are because everywhere she is, mm-hmm. Tiffany is there. I can also see Tiffany being the friend, one of the friends that gets Beyonce together. <laughs> when Beyonce be doing all this, I can see Tiffany being like, and everybody. Or Tiffany. Like, Tiff, there's, you know, there's different roles in relationships. So, Tiffany seems like a finisher. Like, how she went in on, on yeah. the, oh, well, I ain't gonna say her name because we don't know if that's who did it, but the alleged buyer. Yeah. Tiffany is the, Tiffany is the finisher. Like, right. oh, I'm gonna say it because you can't say it. So, let me, let me do it. Tiffany seems like that type of friend. Okay. She seems like the finisher. Fair. Not that Beyonce is starting anything, but she seems like people may start and she will finish. Right. And I think Beyonce gets a true laugh out of it. And that's why she keeps her around. And true, you know, like, I mean, Beyonce put in the song, 
to hang with me going to sign a non-disclosure and tip said, I'm signing everything. I don't care. Right. I'm still coming. So, I mean, it's just lighthearted. I think it's hilarious. But I just, when I saw the guests, I'm just like, Tiffany always be with Beyonce. Everywhere. But, you know, that it's usually like a, I mean, I know like Beyonce and Jay-Z have like a core group or whatever, but then they have like an outer circle of friends yeah. that are always around one another. Pharrell is usually around. Tiffany is usually around. Actually, Usher is usually around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow. Exactly. Chris Martin. There are a lot of people that are... are They're close associates, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you'll see Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow on vacation with them. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought that Cute. was interesting. I thought that was interesting. Shout out to the Carters and Beyonce for being amazing. Um... Two things I, I definitely want to mention just in passing. One, I don't know if you saw this, but Will Smith is going to play the genie in Aladdin in 2019, I and I cannot wait until, until I'm sitting in the theater. I'm just going to lose my mind. I think I heard that. Oh. But I, there wasn't a date for anything, but I heard mention of it a while ago that he, he was it. going to play He posted it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. Now, is it just a voiceover? That, I don't, I can't remember because I've seen another clip, and now I can't remember whether it was even if it is, it's okay because I loved. Him. I think so. I loved him in um, Shark Tales. Yeah, he even was that good. little shark looked funny. like him. It was funny. <laughs> True. Yeah, I love Shark Tales. Is a good movie, but um, yeah, that's gonna be really good. I just was watching a clip of him on Red Table Talk, and he was talking about how there was a period in him and Jada's marriage that she got up and like cried every single day because he was just failing miserably. And I think that it's good for them to say stuff like that because people get this idea that relationships are easy. Yep. Or, or, that, or that once you get married, like, then that fixes everything. And it, it doesn't, doesn't. It is constant work. Constant work. But the thing is, both parties have to be fully dedicated mm-hmm. to the institution of your union and your marriage and your partnership. Always. Because stuff is going to happen the minute that somebody somebody slacks something it's noticeable right okay because both people have to be fully engaged and when you think about it it's two separate whole wide people coming together bringing all of their their good things their bad things their baggage their opinions their experiences and putting it together so there's going to be bumps in the road so i just i'm glad that they got really real and shared that Correct. because people will be um, under the impression that they got to where they are now just, oh, they're rich and life is perfect. No. No, they go through things too. And so I thought that was um, very, um, I thought that was just a good thing for, for him to be that open and to share because I was listening to an interview that he did with Rat Radar and he's just talking about how He's just now getting into, like, with the social media and being more open. He was like, because at a time, you were advised yeah, yeah, to do yeah. the direct opposite, to hold on to your mystique and not to be accessible. Yeah. And now things are changing, and so he's having to, you know, be on social media and let people see and mm-hmm. talk about what's going on. So I'm actually grateful to hear it because, I mean, I love Will Smith. Yeah, I, I don't know if you watched that whole um, interview. I think it was two whole parts. I saw it a couple months ago, but there are a lot of gems in that. If you if you guys have not heard it and you can go back and find it, it is like really, really good if you watch it in its entirety. I need to go watch it. And one thing I do have to say is that Willow is really growing into herself. She is beautiful. I always thought she looked like a little fairy. She, she looks like did. both of them and I, I, I've always like had, had an affinity for fairies and she is just so beautiful to me. 
she's just growing into herself, mm -hmm. and she's 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 so tall. Yeah, she's she's tall. What does she model for? Chanel? Is it Chanel? I think I could be wrong. She's looking very very beautiful these days. Well, she's always been a pretty girl, but yeah. you can tell that she's blossoming into mm -hmm. a little lady, a little right. woman. They've allowed her to be her whole self, which yeah. is usually what we don't allow um, young girls to uh -uh. do. We allow the sons to do it sometimes, but not the young girls, and um, I love that. Like, I remember when, you know, she shaved her head, and everybody was like, well, she... I'm like, yeah, leave her child yeah. alone. It'll grow back. Leave her alone. I thought it was cute. I mean, and she made a huge profit off of whipping her hair back and forth with That's that shaved so side. So, leave her alone. I was like, she can do whatever she wants to her hair. Yeah. Um... Started this um, about Will playing Aladdin, keeping in the theme of movies. Did you see where Taraji P. Henson yes. and Sam Rockwell are going to play in um, The Best of Enemies? Yes. In 2019, I cannot wait. So she's um, going to be Ann Atwater, and he's going to be uh, C.P. Ellison. And they're just going to be going back and forth with each other. This is based on a true story in Durham, out of right? Durham, North Carolina yes, in the city. early 70s. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll be able to do like a, a movie premiere for this one Yeah. and invite you guys out. And uh, maybe we can discuss it afterwards. But anyway, the movie is supposed to drop April the 5th, 2019. Oh, yeah. So. I will be in there. I still, this is something totally different, but I still um, am going to see A Star is Born. Because you know what yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to go see that movie, too, and um, give my thoughts. Maybe elsewhere. Maybe not on here, but I'm going to give my thoughts because I love Lady Gaga. Okay. So, um, I plan on being in the movies a lot here. What else is Lady... I saw something... Oh, somebody said that Lady Gaga was supposed to um, potentially play Ursula. And I'm going to just Ooh, tell you this. Wait. I love Lady Gaga. I'm not really here for that because I can think of a couple other people that might need to be at the table reading for Ursula. Um, before Lady Gaga, I'm you not saying say she would that, make, no. In, in I need American to be. Story, I need to be clear. She can be a I villain. I need to be clear. I am not saying that she can't do it, and that I won't love it, or that I won't love it. I'm saying that Ursula, and maybe I'll get into it on another she episode. Maybe not. Maybe a big girl, or get, give one of the big girls an opportunity, or right. give one, you know, somebody who's trans. Like even when I was a kid. That's kind of how I saw Ursula. Like, come on, man. I'm just saying. We can talk about it another time, but that's just I'll have mine. to kind of... I don't know. I know she can do it. I, you know, that I is not the question. Back, so I'm like, yeah, do right. it. But right. I see where you're coming from. And yes. I, understand, I understand where you're coming from. But this is all I got to say. Lady Gaga, whoever, whoever is doing that movie, you better not mess it up. Don't. That is my... Favorite Disney movie of all times, only maybe second to Cinderella. Don't f up, For real. don't f up the Little Mermaid. Yes, do not f up the Little Mermaid, cause I will be highly upset. Under you, the sea, you know kiss what? Kiss the girl. Come on. I come love on. a lot of them, and the older I get, the more tough it becomes. Because like movies like Brave came out, and then I'm like, yes, like here's you know, uh, and not saying because we've had young girls in these movies who have been amazing and strong. I think um, Beauty and the Beast was my favorite, or is my favorite of all time, because that was the first time I was like, yeah, she don't need no man. Mm -hmm. Like, she, she's really smart. She reads books all the time. She's going to save the day, you know? And then you had people, um, you had movies like Brave who came along who kind of um, emulated the, those same things. Um, 
But I always think that it's funny when I hear somebody say something like Cinderella uh, is in their top. It is. Top two. But I'm coming from my four and five year old okay. self. Okay. That's, I understand. So that was what we watched. That right. was Ariel. Ariel and it was sing. That, that, that's the music it. is what that's got me that, from that. Yeah, yeah. Even, even with Cinderella. When I think about Cinderella, you know the first thing that pops in my head? Cinderella, Cinderella. It's the music. So so that's what I really gravitated to. That's why I like those two movies the best. Now, I did like the version of the song with Beauty and the Beast that John Legend and I think Ariana Grande did. You didn't like it? No. I did. No. Mm -mm. But that, but... Then you got to think about the fact that see, that's your that movie. was my movie, right. and so I'm 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 hearing Peebo Bryson. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to hear anybody else singing. Um, but I digress. Anyway, we do got a couple um, more really important topics to get through, and not like a whole bunch of time. So I want to touch on a few things, and then if there's anything else, I definitely want you to chime in. You saw the 37 year old um, white woman. Her name is Teresa Klein. Um, who I falsely did, accused? I didn't. But I didn't want to watch it because I'm just over it. I, I didn't watch it, and I, well, I watched it, but I didn't listen to it. Um, only because people had told me that it was like gut wrenching to hear the boys crying, and I didn't even realize when I first heard the story that they were actually their mom was there. Um, so Teresa, I've heard several versions of the story. The article that I read says she actually did call the police. And basically said that she was assault, sexually assaulted by a nine-year-old in a bodega who touched her butt this past week in Brooklyn. And um, so these boys, the mama is like defending them. They're going back and forth. The nine-year-old is crying, which is making the younger sibling cry. I don't hear it. I didn't hear it um, because, like I said, I heard that it was just awful and heartbreaking and I didn't have the energy for it. But that she was being heckled when she came back for cigarettes on another day. And so they pulled the video footage. And can you imagine? Like she's standing in the bodega watching the video footage from the previous day. And other people are all lined up in this bodega standing around watching the same video. And come to find out it was the little boy's book bag who had brushed up against her. And the only reason I want to mention this is because this is how so many people, so many black boys in the past, in history, have like lost their lives behind stuff like this. Yeah, Emmett Till. Yeah. Blatant lies right. or misunderstandings right. or what have you. So. Yeah, I didn't watch it because I'm I'm over Caucasians doing Caucasian shit. I'm just, I'm over it. Right, and of course they came up with a crafty name to call her, but um, I Which won't go, we won't go there. Which dilutes the seriousness of what's going on. Right, because it could... Like we say on the show all the time, it could have ended another way. Quit giving them cute little funny names. It's not funny. Fact. Um, do we want to talk about Kanye? I mean, I wanted to, but I don't know if... I don't think we have the time to <laughs> delve into it. Um, but what I can say is I, I feel like some points that he made were valid. But he's so scattered and he's disingenuous. And he is putting on a minstrel, sh minstrel show for Trump because he's trying to align himself with this white supremacist power. Kanye is all... So you think it's the power yeah. that he's trying to align himself with yeah. and that he doesn't necessarily... Do you believe that he likes or loves, as he said, 
um, Donald Trump. No, he he doesn't love Donald Trump. He is still butthurt because Obama called him a jackass. Well, he proves it all the time in yes. the media. And 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 two, he's disingenuous because he's talking. To, he you're you're going to say we came up here to talk about X Y Z, and then Trump sat right there and said this is just a lunch. There's no negotiation right. happening. There's no leverage that Kanye has. Right. You're you're not this is not what you're trying to make it out to be. Right. You know, it's it's very disingenuous when we have, you know, things like voter suppression going on in Atlanta, you know, with them trying to hold um, you know, voter registration cards back to basically steal an election and you up here talking about freeing Larry Hoover. Like, bruh, come on. What are you talking about? He he's like they got him in a cell or in a jail beside the Unabomber. That's because in the county jail he was overheard still plotting to run his empire from jail. Right. That's why he's in there in a supermax. Okay. Correct. So don't get up here being you know a, a mascot for the a black mascot for the Republican Party and trying to us you know trying to sneak in bits and pieces to make the black community feel like you care. It's all about being in a position of power and, and aligning yourself with someone who you perceive is in a position of power who is making plays. When, when really and truly, Donald Trump is a puppet. Because when you think about... That is a fact. Unless any president is, is usually ends up being a puppet because at the end of the day, unless they are just signing executive orders back to back to back, Congress is the one making all the decisions. Right. So... Kanye is just trying to align himself with power. He's disingenuous. He needs help, but I, I think we need to de determine the difference between grief and mental illness. He could be suffering from both, both. but um, one thing that I did want to mention is Meghan McCain. She is um, the daughter of Meghan and, I mean, of uh, Cindy and John McCain. Mm -hmm. She's on The View. Her dad just passed, and one thing that she said was, I don't ever want my grief to be a crutch for bad behavior. Right. I can't. I have to make sure I'm taking care of me. I have to make sure that I have therapy. I have friends that are supporting me. That if I am prescribed medication, I'm helping it. If I feel like I'm misdiagnosed, I'm going to find the right diagnosis for my situation. I can't use my my grief and my loss as a crutch for bad behavior. Right. And this is one time that I actually agree with Megan McCain. I was like, <laughs> not the right, one sis? time. You yeah, one time. You're right. That that's right, sis. Um. You know, Kanye doesn't even vote. He doesn't even read. Like Bakari Seller says, this is what happens when Negroes don't read. Right. You're sitting is, here saying we need to abolish the 13th Amendment. You don't even, like you're not even mentioning the fact that that's the amendment that abolished slavery. slavery. And he keeps talking about this trap door, which I know he's so, trying to relate it to the fact that the criminal justice system allows for slavery if you commit a crime, but you just saying abolish the thirteenth amendment is stupid, right? Because you can't abolish the whole thing. Sounds like you... you're repeating something that somebody else said to you. Because if you weren't and you had done the research yourself, then you would be able to give in more detail exactly what you mean when you say that. Or you say that you know you want to talk about um, liberals try to control black people with the idea of racism. He says racism can't control me; it's an invisible wall. Fool, that's a contradiction because if it's a wall, that means that you can't go through a wall. What do you right. mean it's an invisible wall? <laughs> the wall is still there. Like, what? I'm just. Meanwhile, thousands I'm and thousands of people were purged uh, from their voting rights in Indiana, what, like a day ago? Right. Meanwhile, we regular people have to worry about those things. Yeah, and listen to this mess. Now, I do agree with what he said about. 
we do need to incorporate mental health and more arts in the school systems. I agree with that. That mm-hmm. I mean, we do. Um, you know, so I feel like some of the things that he he um, said about like the you know the mixed curriculums and that type of thing. I agree with that. I do agree that the Thirteenth Amendment needs to be revised. That one part. Do, but you don't need to abolish the whole 13th Amendment. Do you Amendment. think that he is um, trying to, and I'm not, I don't want to give him too much credit to say, like, he's so clever that he knows exactly what he's doing. But, like, do you think he's trying to slide in relevant things with the madness just to get the audience? Yeah, it's all about self. And then you hear when he said, when Trump said something or somebody was like, would you run for president? He was like, yeah, only after he, only after he can't run anymore. See what I'm saying? It's all about self. Kanye don't give a shit about nobody. Because my thing is, you sitting up here trying to pander to, um, to, to pander to Trump, you could be in Chicago helping these, helping these communities where, where we are killing each other just for no reason. Yeah. And then you want to, you say you want Larry Hoover out, who was instrumental in having one of the largest gangs in American history. Right. So all of that stuff has a trickle-down effect to where Chicago is now. Right. It just was making no sense. Like, then when he said that about Hillary's campaign, I'm with her, I feel like it... Basically, he was trying to say he emasculated her. It was too much. That's just too much. It was too much, and... Like, you poor little boy. <laughs> you need a hug, right. and then you thought that Barack was going to get in there and be this male father figure to you, and he told you that you was being a jackass, which is what black I, I was going to say, that's what he should have told you. Man, I was just like... I think I can't remember the context of the conversation, but I know the other day we were talking about Kanye. I was talking about Kanye with somebody else and just talking about how, like, if there is somebody who is telling him right, he doesn't want anything to do with those people. No, he he tried to get Colin Kaepernick to go with him to this meeting. He tried to get T.I. to go with him to this meeting. He called Ebro from Hot 97 yeah. and tried to get him to get Cap to go. And, it, and, and the reason why I'm saying this is because um, it just is a follow up to what you said. Ebro said he said, no, we're not doing that. Right. And he said, Kanye said, what you mean we just don't have nothing to do with you? So why are you calling? Why are you calling? Right. That, because that sentence, why are you saying we just don't have, that is Kanye. It don't have nothing to do with us. It's all about him and people who he feel like are, you know, who are celebrities or in positions of power. That's, that's really all he's concerned with. Yeah. That's it. Like when he said that Kanye said that, I was like, that, that sums it up. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. And I'm going to get off my soapbox by Kanye. You're good. There's another subject that I know you and I both wanted to touch on this. Um, Woo. It's kind of daunting. So, Ray Carruth. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh, God. 17 years ago, football player Ray Carruth went to prison for conspiracy to commit murder. Um... So, oh, for, like, shooting in an occupied vehicle, for using an instrument to destroy an unborn child. And for those of you who don't know the story, like, his ex-girlfriend, um, I think her name was pronounced Sharika, right? Sharika Yeah, Sharika Adam. Mm-hmm. Oh, how fitting she was that my, we would be having this discussion yeah. today. She was my, she was my, the reason why I even found out about one single state nursing program my cousin, Teronica, went to Winston State. She uh-huh. played basketball. She's a nurse. Her and Sharika were roommates. Right. They're really close. So. So, Sharika was seven months pregnant at the time with their son, Chancellor. 
and Carruth hired Van Britt um, Watkins, who was sentenced to a minimum of 40 years in jail. He hired him to shoot her um, in November of 1999. After he invited her out on a date to the movies. Right, right there on Ray, Ray Road. Road. So you, you guys know that we are based here in Charlotte. Um, Ray Road, we actually go to the movies there quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's right here in Charlotte. There was a guy by the name of Michael Kennedy who was the driver of that vehicle. He was released in 2011. Um, Carruth evaded a first-degree murder charge uh, when she died a month after the attack. So she didn't die right away. She died a month in. Um, but he was still sentenced to from like 18 to 24 years. So he will be getting out October the 22nd. Mm-hmm. Their son will be turning 19 in November of this year and suffers from cerebral palsy because... Looks just like him. Mm-hmm, looks just like Ray Carruth. Um, cerebral palsy is forever. Weakened muscles, poor um, coordination, tremors, stiff muscles. Speaking. Mm-hmm. His grandmother has been raising him, um, Sharika's mother, Mrs. Adams, has been raising him, and Ray <laughs> has requested custody. Boy, get your ass the whole wide. I didn't know if here. you knew that. No, I didn't know that, but that's definitely not going to happen. He wrote like an open apology, a 15-page apology to Sharika's mother, and basically said that, um, you know, that she shouldn't, I guess he was trying to say she shouldn't have to, have that responsibility that that responsibility should be his and he wants custody. But How if I was a chancellor though, nineteen, but but he still needs yeah, a guardian. Yeah. But no, 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 thank you. Right. Um. That's how. That's how I would be. Yeah. I, I'd be I, like, you don't lost. If I was Miss Sandra, she's I'd be like, you don't lost your whole mind. She's your different. whole one. And the court wouldn't do that either. Right. Um. But my thing is, he's done his time. If, if these are the laws and he's going to get out, he's going to get out. Mm-hmm. But I feel like every time he looks at that boy, right. he, he's got to live with what he did. Like, he's never, like, he's never going to be free. I don't care if he get out and he you're, he's never going to be free from his conscience and what he did. All because you don't want to pay child support. That's and crazy. Listen, I'm going to tell you what's even more crazy is I was um, leaving the gym on Sunday and I was listening to the radio, and I always have it on like 105.3 or 101.9 because right. uh, mumble rap. Okay. Right. So um, the the host was saying, you know how, I don't care if he did 50 years and got out. I still don't, I still wouldn't want to have nothing to do with him, blah, blah, blah. This woman called up and was like, he was young and immature, and y'all just don't understand the whole story. He had another baby that was out in California, and he was already paying money, and he felt like that girl was using him, and I know it wasn't right, but everybody deserves a second chance, and he was young. And I said, this is what Michelle Obama was talking about when she said, we love our boys and raise our girls. I don't give a damn what that the situation so was. He killed her and almost killed that baby because you don't want to pay a measly child support payment. Right. If you didn't want to pay, get joint custody. Do something. There's ways to go around paying whatever you want to pay. But at the end of the day, if you're making money, you're about to pay it. But you're you're willing to kill them? 
You're, you're willing to 17 kill years them. of your life and your son's whole life. Whole life. And Sharika's whole life. And her family's whole life. Mm-hmm. It's forever. Meanwhile, he looks just changed. like you. Look, every time you look, that, that's, his, that's his sentence. That's his life sentence. Every time you see that boy struggling to walk, struggling to talk, in pain, having to basically have a guardian his whole life, can't ever move out on his own and go to college and have girlfriends and have a hangover and do all of this stuff that all of us got to do, that is your fault. Mm-hmm. And that his mom is dead and gone. That's your. That's your. That's a life sentence. Right. So I don't feel a way that he's getting out, but I just feel I, I really felt something when that lady called up there and tried to justify the fact that you would go to these extremes and take somebody's life and almost your child's life because you don't want to pay child support. Right. You knew what you was doing when you was making that baby. What is your problem? It's a baby. It's, it's not going to end you. It's not going to kill you. It's a baby. Just know that he, his case is not the only case that has ended this way for that very reason. Girl. Because people see it as something bigger than it actually is. Then you go hide in a trunk. I hate looking stupid. Looking dumb. Looking stupid. Looking dumb. You go hide in a trunk like they ain't going to find you, fool. Right. And, and when that court case was going on, that dude, the one he hired, mm-hmm. he got out there and told everything. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. Everything. Like, yeah, he told me to do it. I knew that this is what it was. I knew they was coming. I pulled up on the side of the car. That's crazy. Crazy. He should have got more time. He should have got the same amount of time as the other man. But After inviting her out on a date. Under the guise of they getting back together and it's mm-hmm. going to be this. And then you, you do Can that. Can you imagine, like. Did you hear the 911 call? A long time ago. Yeah, yeah. You can hear, and she's like, I'm pregnant. I think my boyfriend shot me. His name is Ray Carew. Mm -hmm. Like, she's telling all of this stuff, and she's like, has labored breathing. Like, you can tell, like, she's going to go out at any minute. Right. It's just sickening. I just would have been in disbelief. Like, I can't believe you. Like, we didn't have to get back together. Like, for real? (laughs) Like, you, you had me shot. She wow. was beautiful. Yeah, she, she was, was gorgeous. <sighs> anyway. But anyway, on to lighter things. On to lighter things. Because people be trying it, y'all. Mm-hmm. Get my blood pressure up. Talking about it was a, he was young and immature. I wanted to reach that radio and slap that lady. I was like, whoever mama is this, come and get her. No slapping. Come and Somebody recognized her Come and get your, come and get your silly behind mama. <laughs> Anything else? Mm-mm, no, that's it. All right. So, on to lighter things. Woo-hoo! This is how I want to wrap up the show, you guys. Like we said at the beginning of the show, um, this is our homecoming week. And it so, sure is. B and I have had some really good times on the campus of Winston-Salem State University. And there is no, there's not enough time to aptly describe all the amazing things, all the funny things, all the terrible things all that the have crazies. gone I Listen, on I met there. some characters. Uh, yes, some of our lifelong Ooh, friends wait. we met there or really developed our relationships there. Um, we've had love there, lost love there, whatever. We've had it all. And so I just want to talk with you about that a minute so we okay. can officially usher in our homecoming. Yay! All right, so Old State U, um... Slater Academy, Winston-Salem State University. like Teachers College. Yes, Winston-Salem Teachers College, one of my favorite places even to this day to like be. As soon as I walk up on campus, I just feel like, yo, I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to talk about a couple things. First of all, what were your college struggles? 
you know, really and truly the only struggles that I had um, was about money. Like, I was always like, how am I get this money to pay for okay. this and that? Um, until about my, I want to say my junior year, I got it figured out and I didn't have to worry. But, like, one of my worst semesters at Winston State was lack of financial aid. Yeah. <laughs> So I I'd like to say that was like one of my main struggles was like, you know, like money. And I remember like it would be times where like I had money to pay my cell phone bill and my cell phone would be cut off. I'd be like, hey, call my room phone. Yeah. Rudy Anderson. <laughs> Rudy Anderson, what's up? Call my room phone. Like Thanks. my phone off. You know, like stuff like that. And now I would be mortified if my phone was off. But back then it was just like, Shh, can't pay it. Like I'm at the wait until I scrounge up some money or my boyfriend sent me some money. Right. <laughs> Somebody sent me some money and it'll be back on. But um, those were, I think that was my most, um, some of my most difficult times. But it taught me, it taught me how to manage my money. Definitely. And how to never hopefully get into those positions again. What about you? What was something that you struggled with? You know what? Same. And I think that's like probably everybody's or a lot. I won't say everybody because I know some people who had parents who could throw them some change or whatever. Um, they used to be like, girl, Tiffany can hold on to $25 for two months. Like, it was so crazy. So, like, one, okay, one struggle that just had nothing to do with money was the air. I lived in Warhol, <laughs> and we did not have air conditioners. It's so funny because when I go back to campus now, Warhol is a co-ed dorm. They got, like, air conditioners. I don't like, like that. I just think that's the trip. But I used to have to take three showers a day, and so did all my peers. So, <laughs> that was one thing. But, like, as far as survival is concerned mm -hmm. and money... I'm going to tell you how we used to get, like, I used to join, now, granted, I've always been active, right? But on the lowest of low and the highest of highs, I used to join organizations because when you join stuff like student government, they feed you, like, when you go to different yeah. things. And then I would just take the food back to the room so I wouldn't have to buy any food, you know, for the weekends. Uh, we used to ride the bus. Um, That's how I, I went to my first CIAA. Pay for my room, exactly. Oh, okay. Took me there. I've had some really great experiences on the college dime. Like my first time skiing was because the university took me. I can't afford to do that. Um, or like toilet tissue, right? Yes. So we used to be practicing <laughs> in Epiphany modeling troop, and there would be a janitor like cleaning up at night if we would have night rehearsals and stuff. And there was this one building where if we practice there they would be vacuuming on different floors and I would just grab my toilet tissue from there and, and throw it in my book bag because I couldn't afford to get the toilet tissue that I needed you know for school um and milk I always tell people the milk story so my roommate and I shout out to Sharia I'm sure I'll mention her several other times in this episode but we would buy milk one time like once or twice a semester but we would finish that milk, and then on the weekends, we would go sit in the calf all day. And when nobody was looking, we would fill up the milk from the calf and then write, like, new dates on it. Mm -hmm. Like, we would estimate the dates on when we thought it would go bad. But we would use it way before then or whatever, so. Man, you had to do what you had to you do. You did. I going there and, like, have my little Tupperware to take food out of the calf. Yep. Like, all that kind of stuff. Um. The toilet paper struggle is real because I stayed in more my first year. We did have air, but that was before the school started providing toilet paper and hand soap. Yeah. 
Um, and so I was an RA in more my last two years, mm -hmm. and that was one thing that I used to be like sounding like big sister in the hallway, like y'all keep throwing this toilet paper everywhere. We didn't even get no toilet paper. When we was fresher. <laughs> like I used to fuss at them all the time about that. So um, that was interesting. One thing that I also struggled with was I hated the community shower situation. I hated the community shower because I am I have a phobia about the plastic shower liner. I don't want it to touch I me. I don't want it to touch me either. I, even in my own house, when it looked like it's getting a, that soap scum, it's, it's gone. time to go. It's time mm -hmm. to go. So just having to get in there and knowing that it may touch me would drive me nuts. Yo. Okay? Drive me nuts. And I just always just never really felt like, like I needed to like sit down. Like I needed to be just free with my shoes off in the shower. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't do that. So that was one thing that really used to just drive me crazy about living in a dorm room was a community shower that's a really good segue because i want to talk about like either your funniest moments like or your most embarrassing moments so i want to share mine because it's got something to do okay so one of one of mine is like at my very first gym jam uh this boy picked me up and i was like super embarrassed because he just would not put me like grinding dancing like had me basically on his shoulders but front faced mm -hmm. And I was super embarrassed. I wanted to get down but couldn't. So that was pretty embarrassing. But my roommate, who I just said, I was going to mention her again. <laughs> we have, I'm telling you, we have had fights, like full-on fights, like fist fights. Share. We love each other, though. Um, and she used to take my clothes. Now, <laughs> eventually, like, I got my life together. Like, okay, Tiffany. You got to figure this out. But, like, where do you put your clothes except for, like, in a container or, like, over the shower in a container so it's not touching everything? She used to take my clothes. And so I would have to... And my towel. And I would have to walk back to my room naked. Oh. And that thing used to make me so mad. So the counter story to this is, one day, I was like, I'm going to get her back. And I, I want to say it was a Friday or at least the weekend. She was taking a shower. Other people were in there. I went in there and I snatched that towel off. <laughs> and when I tell you, she was quick, right? She didn't do like I did and just let it happen. She tried to grab the towel back. I still feel bad about this to this day because I would have died. She fell. Oh, no. Were her and body on that floor? the community <laughs> shower. Oh, my. Like, to this day, when I think about it, I'm like, if I was her, I would have been so so pissed. although she earned it now she earned, now it she earned she that she that. was taking my clothes and my towel but um but she laughed and i was like how <laughs> yeah, i would have i would have whooped i would have tried to whoop my behind like we would have been fighting i just would have left like i don't know but she didn't she was a really good sport about that but yeah like, she used to take my clothes, so one day I was like, forget it. I'm going to take her towel. She tried to snatch that towel back. I was stronger than her. She fell on the floor, and the rest is history. I'm going to tell you, I had a terrible experience with a roommate. Um, I ain't going to name her. but I mean, but you can. She, she can't beat you. I used to see her all the time on the yard, and I used to think she just dressed so nice. She had, like, a cute little natural. I was like, oh, my God, like, she just seems so well put together. Girl... She got moved up in my suite when I tell you filthy. Yeah. Phil, I said, how can somebody so pretty be so nasty? I know so many people like that. Not Ooh, even college Jesus. related. Just. So 
Because they put all their time and energy into how they look. She thought she was staying at the Westin. She thought that this bath, this shared suite bathroom mm-hmm. just got cleaned by some damn uh, cleaning fairy. So I, um, she, we had one of those clear things in the shower, which I am solely against those now since that point. But we had this clear shower thing. You know, it gets like nasty under there. You have to like clean it and bleach it. So she would never clean up after herself. Like never clean up, never wipe down the sink, yeah. never wash out the, the tub, any of that stuff. So one day I left her class. I was like, okay, I'm going to force her ass to clean this tub. Mm-hmm. So I lifted that little plastic thing up, ran the, the, the tub full of water, put bleach in it, was going to let it soak. So I'm like, okay, when she comes here to get a shower, she's going to have to address this. Girl, I came back from my class and was like, okay, let's see what she did. When I tell you, homegirl, let that water out, p- pulled that mat to the back, and got her ass in there on top of that nasty-ass floor and took a shower. I was like, you got to be kidding. All to not have to wash out the tub. Y'all should see my face right now. I cannot believe it. But be fly now. Mm-hmm. Fly. You know, can't tell her nothing. But nasty as hell. And I wish that I was the old me and I could name her because I would name her. But oh, don't do that. she was in Sankofa. So she was... She was she was in Sankofa. She was dirty. Well, all right then. <laughs> I think I think all of us have had at least one roommate or suite mate that just you know either had bad hygiene. I know we had a oh um, I, that she I had bad hygiene. I had ones with STDs. Right, stinking up the room, wearing my clothes. She didn't wear no drawers with her pants. Well, it's so funny. Just that, filthy. It's so funny that you say that because um. I think the one hygiene situation we had was n- never a roommate, but a suite mate. And my roommate at the time um, finally just broke down and was like, okay, I'm going to be the one to have a conversation with her. And it was very, I-, I-, I felt like she approached it the best way that you possibly could. When I tell you this girl was so mad at my roommate, she never spoke to She continued to speak to me and to her roommate. But just so we wouldn't have to go through that anymore, because it was, it was, it, it was bad. It was awful. It's like one of those situations where you want to wait like an hour to use the restroom Ooh, after that person wait. has been in there. And, you know, some people might be like, oh, well, like, you don't know that you smell that way or whatever. Which is but, not true because my mama always said, you smell you before anybody else. Right. You know you stink. So. Nasty butt. But she did go handle it. That's the That's the thing that always amazes me. And I, I think that she probably stopped talking to my roommate out of embarrassment more than anger. Yeah, but I mean, you'd rather for us to tell you than somebody else. Yeah. And we gotta be in this room with you. Because she, she immediately went and took care of it. Like, she went to the doctor. I had to do that with one of my roommates. The one who tough. The one who never wore drawers and was stinky because she tried to argue me down. She, she legit got diagnosed with an STD. Mm-hmm. And tried to argue me down that that's not what it was. And I had to basically say, bitch... It is. You stink. Right. I smell it when I leave to go to the bathroom and come back. I'll go to the cab. You have the whole room lit up. Right. You stink. You have a problem going on down here. And we still friends to this day. She don't, I don't even think she even knows what a podcast is because she, she living that street life like Kelly Rowling's sing about. But I had to tell home girl, like, and it was from a place of love. Like, I got to be in here. It stinks in here. I'm like, why do you think I'm always like bleaching down and wiping down? Because you stink. Right. And I don't want whatever you got going on. To it can't get, get on you. <laughs> no, but she didn't wear no drawers. And she would, like, be touching stuff. I ain't never seen her with no hand sanitizer. I don't know what you be doing. Sure. No. So, that was um, that was interesting. Um, one funny story that I do have to tell. Um, you got to have friends that will stick with you. 
Amen. Um, and so I remember I was staying at Rams Commons and I was coming back for summer school, so they let me keep my whole suite. They were yeah. like, You ain't gotta move out. But they never locked that other door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of my friends, shout out to Tyra, she needed somewhere to stay for summer school. She had no I don't I don't think she had enough money to either pay for a room or it was too late or what have you, but she wasn't gonna be able to stay. Right. And I was like, Girl, I got a whole room, you can stay, don't worry about it. And so, um, she was like, well, what about, you know, are we going to get in trouble because my one of my sweet mates was a RA. Right. I said, girl, no, because her boyfriend came here with trash bags off the bus. He lived here. She ain't going to tell nothing because I'm going to tell on her. Right. She <laughs> so we had that whole summer, like, just to ourselves. We had fun. We would, like, go hang out at the mall. And, yeah, like, I had to hook my girl up with somewhere to stay because we got to look out That's for each That's a good other. story. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a really good, it was a good summer. And I... Really and truly, I did it because I wanted a company. Because yeah. summer school is boring if you ain't got no friends. Fact. You know, you just go to class and go sit in the cab. And, you know, we sit in there at, at lunch for so long it's dinner time. It's dinner time, yeah. Because we had nothing else to do. The best. It was the, the best. The best. Um, but, yeah, that was um, that was a good summer. I mean, I just got so many memories from, like, epiphany and staying up late doing group routines. <laughs> To like, you know, basically almost getting expelled from nursing school. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so much that happened in that um, short amount of time. I went to Broadway to see my first play when I was at Winston. Nice. Um, I was thinking about Jenna Six. Do you remember that when everybody went there and took a bus ride I all do. the way down there? Like, I mean, it was just a lot of interesting things going on. Barack won. Mm-hmm. Michelle we Obama came to the yeah. university. Um. So, if you had to point out, like, a couple of your your very best, are those, like, your very best memories? Because I remember this one time in particular where it snowed, and I don't think we were expecting this much snow, um, but we had a snowball fight. It wasn't just that. The football team broke into the cafeteria for us and got, like, a bunch of the, uh, what do you call them, the cafeteria trays? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the practice field. We were sliding in the snow down the practice field on the trays. Okay. Like, I know that sounds Or, like, some of us would get the big trash can tops, the big circular ones from, like, all over campus. And we were taking turns, like, riding that up and down the hill on that. Like, that's a really good memory. Um, me and my friends used to get together. It was, like, like maybe six girls and, like, Four, four or five boys, all of which, almost all of which I'm still close to to this day. Girl, we used to get dressed up in all black like the old men, you hear me, to play pranks on each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so dope. Like, there are some things that I can't, you can't say. I can't that's say to this about. day. I can't tell everything. But um, one thing that I used to love to do was, like, you know, during the week you got class and stuff, and so you can't really, like, hang out, hang out, especially if you have early classes. But mm-hmm. one thing, me... And my best friend Ami used to do is we would all pile up in somebody's room and watch like Flavor of Love, Bad Girls Club, like, I mean, America's Next Top Model, like, it would be like a thing, like, you could hear everybody up and down the hall, like, yelling at the TV or laughing or running in and out, or if it was, you know, like, award shows or something crazy going on, we would all watch and just um, hang out with one another, like, it's just... I think that's what I miss most is just having all of my people, like, so close together. Yeah. We could just, like, walk down the street or walk downstairs or do whatever, go to the cafe and see this person. Like, I think that's what I miss the most. Yeah. It's just having everybody 
so close right together. in close proximity and it's so funny because i never try to discredit anybody else's like collegiate experience but definitely something about going to a hbcu like having dinner like with maya angelou and her having conversations with you about like what it means to be black like um i think i did the last interview for uh big house games before he passed away mm-hmm. right there on winston-salem state university's campus or just being in the in the game center and like watching the cheerleaders battle i'll never forget this one time in particular wssu was playing fsu mm-hmm. and the cheerleaders were going back and forth and it just got so hardcore before you know it our cheerleaders were coming from their side their cheerleaders were coming from their side and before you know it they were in each other's faces in the middle, like a basketball game was supposed to be going on. Um, or like <laughs> being young enough and slim enough for two people to fit in an extra long twin bed. I know mm-hmm. my roommate, as, as crazy as she was, she was a scaredy cat and my friend Tierney was too. So on any given night, if it was like pouring down raining or thundering and lightning, somebody was asking me to slide over. Just, you know, those experiences and those memories were like really, really good. What, um, care to share any of your worst ones um i think some of the worst ones included like it was being in college was the first first time i actually saw like someone my age like being a victim of domestic violence yeah i think those are some of my worst moments and it happened more than once right um but i had a really close friend that was being abused physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and it was just so hard to be like, why are you letting this go on? Right. Like, stop. You know, it was to the point to where I didn't even want this person to be in my room anymore. I didn't even want to be roommates with her anymore. Right. Because she, it was like I was getting sucked into the drama because, like, I mean, her boyfriend would, like, break into our room, beat her up, and then run out. You know, like just stuff. Like, but then the next yeah. week, they find, and I'm just like, and, not, and maybe he not even, you in the face. but not realizing just how difficult it can be to get out of those situations at right. that age, you um, know, at that time in your life. That was rough for me. Um, it was really my first introduction to people having abortions. Yeah, um, I actually had to take someone to get an abortion and just battle with like, am I really? Am I really doing this? But I needed the money, and she was giving me money and gas money. I was like, shoot, I got to use this money to get home and get home if I don't get this gas money. I mean, it, that's really what it boiled down to. Transparent. Yeah, but just but just realizing what was happening. And the, and the fact of the matter is, I mean, and this is getting, like, really detailed, but it's the difference between, like, you know, eight, nine weeks and 20 weeks. Correct. Or 16 weeks. And not yeah. realizing, like, the what was really about to happen. Right. So, you know, that, I mean, it was a learning experience. It's something that kind of helped me move into my womanhood, like realizing like this stuff is really happening, like to people that are my age and are next door to me. Right. Um, that was bad. Um, I think just that whole experience with Hurricane Katrina, that was, I felt, I always think about that and like what was going on and seeing that stuff on TV and then having all of the students, you know, with no one or losing yes. all their possessions and coming to our school, you know, I remember I remember that and I felt really, really bad about that happening to them. So that was um a rough moment. And then just periods of being broke. <laughs> yeah. I think that oh and also one one thing that I really wanna 
mention while I have this podcast is there was um, someone who entered in with us and he would have been class of 2008 and his name is Sean Presley Mm -hmm. and he passed away in 2014 and he was a victim of um, violence. He was, he was stabbed at um, in Greensboro after a party and um, Sean was just the cutest, sweetest, nicest person. Um, And I think that was a rough moment just knowing that that happened and then seeing him afterwards, mm-hmm. like, you know, how it affected him, that was that was hard, too. Yeah. And so I just really want to say, you know, rest in peace to Sean. Um, he would have been there with us. This is our 10 year. And I think that was a really rough, um, rough thing for us as well, because I think that when we got to freshman year, everybody, like, felt like they, like, had dibs on Sean, because <laughs> really? Sean was fine. Everyone was like, dang, like, Sean is really fine, but he was sweet. Mm-hmm. And we had our first, he was actually a nursing major, and we had our first, like, introduction to nursing together, me, him, and Ami, which Ami was like, after that, nah, this is not for me. But we all met in that class, yeah. in that class together. Um, so, that was, that was bad, too. So, I, I will put that in some of my worst moments um, at WSSU, but for the most part, it was all good. I met lifelong friends. I met some crazy people, got some crazy stories that I can't say on here. Amen. Because, honey, I don't want to ruffle no feathers or bust nobody's bubbles, these little images that they be having, but I'm going to leave that where it's at. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they used to have a tradition at Winston-Salem State. Oh, so we got several traditions there, Lambs the Rams, stuff like yes. that, convocation, which I'll be going to this Friday. Um, any event in the pit was dope, mm-hmm. but like they used to have a haunted house there annually. And I will never forget, like, I had, I volunteered for this, right? And boys can just be something else. I will never forget. So, I don't know if you, if for those of you who know me and who, and who know what I look like, I got this little scoop in the middle of my nose. Also, because of a dumb boy. I'm sorry, PJ, you're not dumb now, but you were then. Um, but I had a matching scoop on the other side of my nose for like a whole year because when I volunteered for the haunted house at Winston-Salem State, a guy like a football player came running through there, just bolting through there and took the mask and like shoved it from the bottom up into like my nose. I don't know, boys. He was playing. Yes. But still, like, my face was bleeding and everything. Oh, I would have been so hot. I was. Do you remember, like, when I was a freshman, we had a pool party? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. I was like, did they did they keep doing that? Because my, I remember we had a pool party, and it was this big thing, girl. We was trying to, and I'm like, now when I think about it, I'm like, we were going to get in the water. In the water. So why are we doing all of this? Child. Oh, my God, it was just a mess. I feel like I have pictures somewhere of my first um, WSSU pool party. Good times, though. Um, I know some of the endearing things that I always think of are definitely Epiphany shows and practices. Mm-hmm. I remember being picked up from there and, like, going to a ceremony. So, like, my friends um, who I had been online with, like, picked me up at the very end of a show. This is the year. This is one of the years where I was the president. I literally walked out of the back of K.R. Williams in, like, a bra top and like a skirt from my last scene, and and they put me into a car and let me sleep all the way to Virginia. Um, I have a friend. Um, I'm still friends with Will to this day or whatever. And we used to be so bored. We would like be sitting in the ramshack, who mm-hmm. I heard is not really popping like that anymore. It used to be. But we sit in the ramshack, right? And they're supposed to lock it down. But some nights they wouldn't lock the ramshack up. We'd just be sitting there. 
and until it got scary and and by scary I mean like maybe three o'clock in the morning then we would go outside where there was like more light or whatever and just like roam campus like man nobody's telling us to go in no. the house and there was su- such innocence in that but also like feeling like I was segueing into my adulthood it felt good yeah, yeah. I, one one memory that I really have that always has stood out to me was my first English class there with Dr. Moye. Um, that was just a good experience. Also being in Dr. Bell's class and, you know, just learning about Africanism, blackness, um, and just finally feeling like, oh, wow. Like, yes, this, this is, is amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm black. Yeah. This like, is, I knew I was black, but I'm black. It. Um, it was my first real introduction to, like, black pageantry besides the debutante ball mm-hmm. you know just seeing like you and like everybody like all dressed up and just pretty and you know being um on in coronation and you know um at homecoming and stuff I, even though i was on homecoming court in high school it's not it's not, totally the same. not the same it's like saying you were a cheerleader before you came to hbcu and then being yeah. a cheerleader like it's not the yeah, same yeah but but I, we're not going to go there. Because I was a competition cheerleader with Tumbling Included. Um, so, I know what you're saying. Okay. But don't try to play us because... Ain't nobody trying right. to play you. Your athleticism at its finest. I'm just putting it out there. Nobody... Because she act like I just said, cheerleading is not a sport. You was being that shady, is not No. But I love you, so I'm going to let I, you slide. What I meant... you was mm-hmm. being... You was being shit. I'm going to let her finish. <laughs> what I meant was, if you go to Sanford, North Carolina, and you go to, yeah, let's go, let's go, it's not the same as, right. it's, it's not the same. No, it's That's not. what I mean. And when I went and seen the cheerleaders this past weekend, I'm like, oh, gosh, we were way better than that. But I don't think they do competition cheering anymore. Oh, there. you mean like in your hometown? Yeah. Okay. But, girl, ooh, my body was together. Anyway, um, yeah, that was it. Um, another, you know, some more of my best experiences was like it was my first voter experience. Definitely. Um, getting refund checks. Bye, Courtney. I'm just saying that was a good feeling, girl. Cause I made them things scratch. You hear me? Um, also being the senior class president of my graduating nursing class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are some good moments. Meeting my really like I call them my sisters, but when I was in nursing school, I had two friends. Well, they're still my still my you know, good friends. I like my sisters, Shamika and Kim. Yeah. And like I said, we all, everybody loved Flavor of Love and Real Chance of Love, so we called ourselves the Stallionators. So, you know, becoming oh one-third of the Stallionators of the nursing program, that was cool. And I think my biggest lesson um, from being at Winston was um, learning how to be a black professional from other black professionals. Right. That That, you know, seeing that, image of being black and successful and knowing that I was being prepared to do the same thing I think that was one of my greatest lessons um from going to an HBCU and also being assertive because financial aid will try to play you so you have to learn how to be assertive and get ask for what you want and not take no for an answer hold people accountable I always say that if you go to an HBCU yes you have certain issues that maybe other schools don't but I'm telling you you really know how to navigate through the world I'm really proud that we were able to, number one, be fortunate enough to attend college and then proud that we finished and that we went to the university that we did end up choosing, which, you know, we've shared our individual stories 
on the show before on how we got there. But at the end of the day, um, whether we had it before we got there or we didn't have it until we left, we entered to learn and we departed to serve. I feel like we do that extremely well in our everyday lives. It shows up um, in the workplace and when we're with our peers and when we're with our families. And I'm just so glad to have had that experience and Me too. And, and have shared part of that experience with you. Me too. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Shout out to WSSU. We can't wait to see you guys this weekend. So, um, in wrapping things up per usual, what inspired you or made you laugh this week? Um, this one thing that inspired me, it didn't make me laugh, but it just tripped me out. And I know it's weird and it has nothing to do with nothing and it's not deep. But everybody knows that, like, well, you know, like, we're music people and I love music. And I was a huge fan of this singer named Glenn Lewis. Yes. And he's just like, he just disappeared off the face of the earth. And like, I go back and like, listen to his old album. I'm just like, man, where did this dude go? So I'm just scrolling on social media and I happen to see Music Soul Child post a picture with Glenn Lewis and he's still performing and going on tour and shows and stuff. Probably making good money overseas. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, that was just something that gave me joy this week was just like, being like, oh my God, there he is. Like, I may can see him one day. Like, I love Glenn Yeah. So that gave me inspiration. Just, um, you know, it kind of just took me back because when I was a teenager, I was so emo. And I would just be in my room listening to Glenn Lewis and crying over boys that are stupid. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) so just Sam just kind of just took me back and, you know, gave me a little bit of nostalgia. So that's what really, like, gave me joy this week. Right. Um, mine was not an inspiration. It was definitely a funny. I don't know if you saw the clip or if you've watched the show, but there's a new show called The Neighborhood, and Tashina Tashina yes. Arnold plays on it. And so this clip in particular that I'm referring to, I'm sure you guys can pull it up if you want to. Um, they were having the washcloth debate, mm-hmm. and she was handing the girl. She was telling the girl like where the shower was, and handed her a towel <laughs> and a washcloth. And I just got really tickled because I've had this real life experience where I go to hand somebody a washcloth and they're like, what do I need that for? You, you so, need to be planning on using my soap. Well, here's the thing. That's, that was the, the conversation. She was like, I mean, the name is in the title. It's a washcloth you wash, wash with. It's with a it. cloth you wash with. And she was like, oh, well, that's what I use soap for. And she was, and Tashina was like, yeah, but you'll get the soap dirty. And the white girl was like, you can't get soap dirty. (laughs) It's It's soap. (laughs) So they were just going back and forth. And she was like, do white people not use washcloths? And and the white girl said, I don't know anybody who does. And then the white girl said, do black people use washcloths? And she said, I don't know anybody who doesn't. (laughs) That thing just tickled me because I have been there with people that I know who we're like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need a, a washcloth. I'm, I'm just gonna use the soap, and I'm like, you nasty. They, they not using washcloths, and they putting raisins <laughs> in potato salad. <laughs> throw the whole person away. I throw would, everybody away. Exactly. Throw, the, throw the whole soap away. So there was that. Um, what's your good word for the good people? My good word for the good people is, and this is personally speaking to me because I, I harp on it, and I want to know why. And I go through all these scenarios in my head, but it was obviously something I seen on Instagram and it was just a quote that says, there are so, so many people out here who love you. Do not focus on the ones who don't. Yeah, I like It ain't that. for you to figure out. It ain't for you to care. Worry about the people who love you. Love yourself. Live long and prosper and put black castor oil on your edges. 
That's my good word for good people. Because girl. Girl. Or any castor oil for that sake. Thank you. Use that matter. castor oil. Stop using coconut oil. Yep. Make it itch. <laughs> um, my good word is um, don't always mind your business and I, it's funny that well not funny but it's ironic that you mentioned that in your bad experiences um, you had a roommate or someone who was close to you lived close to you that was going through domestic violence mm-hmm. in college also not one of my first experiences but I, relatable right and so I wanted to say don't always mind your business because sometimes people need help. Sometimes people need to know that somebody else cares enough to at least ask questions. And I understand this desire to want to stay back because you don't want to make it worse for the person. But try to find some time to at least ask them, like, do you need help? Are you okay? And October is um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Oh, I was right on time. Mm-hmm. So, I just wanted to share the National Domestic Violence Hotline with you guys. It's 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. And if you are in trouble or you believe someone else to be in trouble, um, try to watch for the signs of abusers. And we can talk about that some next week if we we want to. to. Because Mm -hmm. that was a, it was a part, that's the first part. This same guy ended up. Basically trying to do the same thing to someone else that I was close with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, we may need to talk about that. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, so we'll delve into that a little bit, but just wanted to remind you that you don't want to mind your business and then find out that somebody that you could have helped or could have saved or could have been a part of, you know, that process, the beginning process has been harmed or worse, um, has passed away. Um, just speaking from experience, I've experienced both of those things. And it's something that sticks with you forever. So especially when you are somebody who definitely knows the signs, make a move so that you don't have to regret it. Um, Anything you don't want the people to forget? Yes, early voting starts this week, guys. Um, You can vote um, if you're in Georgia, which we have a lot of people that listen from Atlanta, Mm -hmm. Georgia, surrounding areas. It started um, today for Georgia. And you know that it's a very important um governor's race on the line between stacy Ab- um abrams and um kemp i can't remember what his first name is and he is um actively trying to suppress um voter registration so i want you all to remember that early voting starts this week and also um if you are turned away from the polls because um your name is not on the register you can request a provisional ballot and it's required by law um they're doing this crazy thing down there in atlanta where they're doing this true match system or perfect match system and if if something is left off like a hyphen they're trying to say you can't you can't vote so just make sure that you are crossing all of your um t's and dotting your i's and that if there's something wrong you call it out you go vote and you make your voices heard um and not only in you know midterm elections but if you have you know, elections like on city council or, you know, anything. Make sure that you go out there and vote for it because, you know, your livelihood is really at stake. Right. Especially when you're not in a financial position of power, which we're going to discuss one day. But just make sure that you remember to vote this week because early voting does start. That's all. And if you at home coming, don't drink and drive, call an Uber, ride with somebody who ain't drunk, be safe. Text me. Text me. You know, if I like you, I may send you a lift. If I'm not, eyes, I'll find I'll somebody else get you. Yeah. to come and get you or something. 
Well, my don't forget was the same as your don't forget, um, keeping in mind that early voting has started and that voting is on November 6th. So that's just something that we'll be driving home until um, voting is over. Yes. Early um, voting starts in NC on the 17th. Fact. Uh, as a call to action, we want to know what did your HBCU teach you? We love our HBCU. We talk about it all the time on this show. We'll continue to do so. We're going to have a blast this weekend. But definitely, even if you didn't go to Winston-Salem State University, we want to know what were some great things, some awful things, some things you wouldn't trade for the world um, and your lifelong lessons. You know, you guys can catch us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Culture Shock Podcast. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Anything else? No, girl, I didn't talk enough. It's time to go to bed. I'm tired. I'm tired, child. I'm tired. In fact, I still got work to do. Can't <laughs> wait to see everybody on the yard at convocation, chicken day, the game, tailgates, the parade, the let out, brunch, you name it, I'll be there. Um with my red on. Ooh, child, I'm gonna some shades, honey. <laughs> You're gonna need them, and so will Sunglasses I. in Advil. <laughs> I'm a girl named Tiffany. And we out. We out. Happy Happy